Watch Marry Me. You, I'll marry you. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, featuring their new song, On My Way by Jennifer Lopez. Marry Me, directed by Kat Koira, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Streaming now, only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. everybody welcome to this week's edition of the still real Toast show episode number 602 for august 26 2021 welcome to your wwe SummerSlam and nxc takeover 36 recap and review edition of s r t u i'm one half of the show i am jeff peck joined every single week by my co-host the one only dr trey franklin dr trey after seven long years he is back, my friend. Yeah, I am really, really happy that um, he's back. I, 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 I don't know what to say about that. Like, it, it, it brought goosebumps. It, it brought some chills. I didn't. I, I did not cry, but I do not fault anybody for being emotionally stirred by it, because after all these years, um, Joe Biden back in the White House. Oh yeah. no, we're talking about CM Punk. My bad. I, I, I totally forgot. Yeah, CM Punk. Yeah. Absolutely. Unbelievable. It's uh, one of the staples of this podcast forever was CM Punk and Joe Biden. Um, 2011, the summer of punk was uh, amazing. A big period of time that we covered here on the podcast. Him leaving was a massive period of time coming on the podcast. Um, the There's very few things that are banned in the, sh- in the show. It's John Cena heel turn and if CM Punk is returning to professional wrestling. I mean, it fell into that same thing because we literally talked about it like nearly every week for six to eight months and then periodically throughout the last seven years. But uh, as we saw the reports the last couple of months, him going to AEW as it got closer, everybody was basically saying that he's coming to AEW. They, Tony Khan is coming out saying that nobody will feel um, disappointed but uh, it wasn't until you heard the uh, the static cult of personality by Living Color, and then him walking out to the ring to AEW. Uh, it felt like since AEW launched that this was going to be a foregone conclusion, and then he came out, kind of trashed them 
on the way that they reached out to him uh, originally. Tony Khan had said in interviews that this was his number one person he wanted to start a wrestling company with. And Tony Khan brought CM Punk back to professional wrestling. It was it was an amazing moment on Friday night, Dr. Trey. I watched it live. Um, I sat there with a huge smile on my face for 20 minutes. One of the loudest receptions we have heard in professional wrestling in some time. I think the only times that I could ever remember ones that envied that was when The Rock came back to host WrestleMania 27 because that was a massive surprise and that, that there was no build-up to that at all. There was build-up to this. Hometown Chicago. It was a magical moment, Dr. Trey, and uh, it took AEW out of like a niche wrestling wrestling promotion to getting a lot of big-time eyes on it. It was a very, very good night for AEW as they have signed CM Punk, Dr. Trey. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you go back to the show last week, I said one of the things I really wanted to see was how Punk reacted. I wanted to see... Because, I mean, really, for the last seven years, he trashed pro wrestling for a few of those years. He was very noncommittal about pro wrestling in a lot of spots. And you, like I said last week, it, it kind of felt like the guy who got, you know, who had the nasty breakup and didn't want to have anything to do with the ex. Last Friday, when he came out, you saw it in his face. He was thrilled. Like, he was overcome with emotion. That... The pause on the ramp when he knelt down—I mean, that tip that took longer than it typically does—but he was soaking it all in, and and you, it was almost like watching somebody open up that Christmas present on Christmas Day that they've been wanting for a long time. That that little kid emotion, like we saw him dive into the crowd because he loved it so much. You know, we saw him talking to family and friends. He hugged uh, Noel Foley's uh, fiance out there as well. Frank the Clown. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just one of those moments, and the and the love that the crowd was giving him. I mean, it, it, that it got me. I had goosebumps and chills. Like, uh, and, and everybody who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. Uh, you know, so happy to see him back. And you talk about the ovation. The only times I can remember ovations being louder, and in, in recent memory, because you know, the old saying was the Road Warrior pop, um, was the one you mentioned with The Rock. Uh, the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania a couple years ago. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, Triple H at Madison Square Garden when he returned in 2002 from the torn quad. That was insane, uh, yep. And, and the John Cena one when, at Rumble when he returned. And oh, wait, yeah, that was pretty wild. So those were the only ones I could think on that level. I mean, this what about the crazy. Edge at the Royal Rumble 2020? Edge, yeah, and, and Edge was very similar in, in the fact that the emotional part of it like you can see him both taking it in, but like in, in the history of the short history of AEW, it's undoubtedly the loudest ovation and it helped him sell out the biggest arena that they've sold out to this point. I mean, they sold, I mean, it is in Punk's hometown, but at the same time, it's still 17,000 seats. You saw 17,000 seats in any venue, you know, in, in pro wrestling. It, it's a big mark, uh, and it's going to be marked in your history books. Like this is the largest crowd they've had. So. Just it's just it was just a pluses all around uh, from the return, what it did for AEW, what it did for the wrestling. I mean, hell, it got covered by Sports Center. Like, I mean, seriously, like Sports Center covered this. Like, a, a pro wrestler who lost two MMA fights comes back, and it's on Sports Center. I mean, that's that to me shows you that he's not just a wrestling guy; that he is across 
you know, sports. Like he's well known throughout, not just the wrestling community, but all throughout the country. So um, it was just great for AEW and great for fans and great for him. And, and just seeing that love and that passion back in his voice, uh, it, it's just, it, it made my heart happy because I, I know it's like at times to lose that, you know, love of pro wrestling and then try to get it back. Um, and he lost it and he was able to get it back. So I, I'm really excited to see where this goes from here. Dr. Trey, did you think this day would ever come? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because in, in all this time we, we, we banned it. And really, I, so you mentioned the CM Punk. Do you, do you remember what the third one was? There was a third one that we the, weren't allowed to talk about. No, I don't remember what the third one was. See, will TNA survive the year? Oh, uh, yes, yes. So that was always our – these were always the three things that if we had no nothing else to talk about – we could always go to one of these three rings. It got to a point where we're like, okay, we just got to stop talking about it altogether. Um, but to see him back after seven years, it, it's it's incredible. Like, it just, it, and he looked to be in great shape. He looked to be happy, healthy, and rejuvenated. He's having fun. Um, so I, I, I always thought he would get back in the ring because I mean, retiring at thirty five and from pro wrestling is very very young. I mean, we see guys all the time making it into their 50s, 60s. Hell, Ric Flair is hinting at coming back and wrestling at 72. Um, so to see him back in a ring is something I thought would happen. I just honestly did not think it was going to be AEW. Yeah, I know. At one point, right, I, I when AEW launched, I thought he was going to AEW. Like, I, I figured he was going to be at All Out um, or Double or Nothing even when they were launching, and that spot ended up going to John Moxley. Like I always felt like AEW, AEW, AEW. Then when he went, then he kind of like soured on them uh, publicly, which was a little bit yeah. bizarre. And then he ended up at WWE via Fox, working for backstage. Obviously, the pandemic happened; that never really took off. Uh, the feeling was he was going to be returning. I, I actually had received a tip at some point that Punk was return. He was going to be. Like uh, in years past, what they did with Sting and Ultimate Warrior, I think they may have done it with Goldberg as well, that Punk was supposed to be like the top WWE 2K like secret star. It was going to lead to him returning to WWE. Obviously, that never came to fruition. Pandemic happens. And then the pandemic is, is according to Tony Khan and CM Punk, is what led him to joining AEW. They got to know each other the last year and a half. The timing was right. He signed with AEW. He was back. Magical moment. Um, did I think this was ever going to happen while we were doing the show? I, I did. Did I think it was going to take seven years? No. And every year that went past, it was like, man, maybe this isn't happening. Because going back to what you said early on, Dr. Trey, when Punk did interviews, he hated that people were always asking him, like, when are you coming back to wrestling? And he, he did not like that, um, which I get, right? You leave wrestling. You're trying to do other stuff, MMA, hosting. Uh, being on television shows like Heels. But it seems like, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. As time went on, he missed professional wrestling. Who knows? I don't know if the Heels show led to it. I don't know if him watching WWE during the backstage era led to it. I think he would probably say no to that. But you saw that gleam in the eye of just being happy to be back in an arena filled with fans in a professional wrestling setting on Friday night. And it was special. It was... It was uh, it was something that fans wanted to see, big fans of his wanted to see, and uh, it was a very exciting moment. Um, Dr. Trey, what is it about him? What What is it about CM Punk that attracts wrestling fans to him to have the type of reaction and reception he received this past Friday? 
You know, that's a good question because, I mean, obviously the easy answer would say uh, be like the pipe bomb promo, but he was beloved by fans before that. I, I do think, you know, there, there's this weird affinity people have for the, the comic book character Deadpool. Like, he's brutal and vicious, but you can always tell he's kind of having fun and he breaks that fourth wall and he kind of says the things that the other comic book characters don't say. And, and Punk is a lot like that. Like, in the ring, Punk is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. You know, all, you know, up until his retirement, I, I don't, we don't know what he's going to be coming out of this, but up until he retired, one of the best in-ring workers around, and he was always able to relate what was going on in his rivalry or in his feud or in his upcoming match, and make it understandable to everybody across the board. Um, and he's he's a he's an interesting contrast of a character. Like he's got all these tattoos, so you're like. Oh, cool. He's edgy, but he's straight edge. So he doesn't do drugs. So like he relates to the cool kids. He relates to the nerdy kids. He's a comic book guy. He got to marry the, the beautiful woman. Like there's a part of punk that can relate or that everybody can relate to. Maybe not the entirety of CM Punk as a whole, but there are pieces of him that cross genres. And I think that's what makes him level. Plus he's the undersized guy. And when he's a heel, he plays that you know cowardly heel role to perfection. When he's a babyface, he plays that underdog role to perfection. So you either love him or you hate him, depending on what he's doing. But he he generates a response out of you because he's relatable to everybody across all genres. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's an enigma, right? There's a lot of relatability there as you're talking about when it comes to CM Punk. We could all see a little bit of ourselves in CM Punk, except for the fact that, that he made it um, and, and we didn't. I had the pleasure of interviewing him back in 2012. So um, I had just started in the radio station in Hartford, an ESPN radio affiliate, and I started that late May. And I remember like maybe a week into it, I got an email from uh, the guy that I worked with, Bauer, um, saying and it was forward that cm punk was coming to studio to promote like a month from now and that i needed to be there and that's all i thought about for like the entire month and it was like a week or two beforehand punk nearly like they almost canceled it um but he stayed he 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 ended up coming and the thing with punk has always been and uh he's admittedly he's a guy that you kind of have to earn the trust for before you before you do something i think he probably gets you know, thrown into a lot of these situations where um, people don't respect wrestling, they don't know wrestling, especially when they're coming to sports radio station and whatnot. And he was originally like, uh, not, I wouldn't say cold. He was definitely defensive a little bit in the beginning of the interview. And as time went on, uh, he opened up and realized that it was a fun interview, good conversation. He had a lot of fun doing it. It's it's still out there on YouTube. I would say just go out there, you know, put in YouTube the Bauer Show, B O W E R, um, for Bauer. And type in CM Punk, and the interview was still up there. It was around on CMPunk.com at one point. And uh, post-interview, he was so accommodating, so nice, so cool, and it meant the world to me. Because at that point, uh, you know, my favorite wrestler, and uh, you earn that trust. He was on the show, I think, maybe two or three more times, and always remembered us, and it meant the world to me. Obviously, I've lost touch as the years have gone on, and, and shied away from wrestling, or uh, radio, I should say. And he shot away from wrestling, but that was uh, it was such a cool, cool moment for me. So 
Uh, it was nice to see that punk back, especially the guy who over the years kind of was very dismissive of his wrestling past. And now his wrestling past is his present and his future again. And it's an exciting time for professional wrestling. Dr. Trey as CM Punk is back in wrestling now with AEW. Um, we got a lot to talk about with CM Punk here in the coming weeks and months. Uh, real quick, Dr. Trey will preview predicted on next week's show. His first match back in seven years at all in against Darby Allen. This is pretty perfect. Yeah, I know everybody else is excited. And maybe this is just, and, and one of our listeners, uh, Liam Kelly, had messaged me the other day about this and asked me my thoughts. And I'm like, so he also messaged you. Because he wanted to know my thoughts about Punk returning. Like, I'm like, dude, wait for the podcast. It drops uh, yeah. drops tomorrow. Yeah, and that was me. Gotta I love him. him. A bit, I gave him a little bit of a teaser what my <laughs> thoughts were, and, and, and I'll share with you. I love Liam. Liam. He's yeah. a very supportive man on the show. Yes, he is. Um, but there is this old school guy in me that does not like babyface versus babyface matches. And especially with this match being in Chicago – you have your top up and coming baby face that you have built as a brand in Darby Allen. I don't I don't think that's arguable. Like Darby's the top baby face AEW's built. You've paired him with Sting. Now you're having him get into a match with CM Punk, the first match in seven years in Punk's hometown. What is that gonna do to Darby? Is that gonna affect his response? And if if AEW hears Darby getting booed because facing their guy is that going to affect the plans for darby if it was a straight up punk versus a heel match i'm all about it or if there's a swerve at this what if punk turns heel in chicago you know to me like i'm I'm just a little bit torn i don't like split crowds i don't like the let's go darby let's go punk chance because then a lot of times the crowd kind of dies out because they're torn they don't know who to root for so they don't have that inner, that emotional attachment that's, that you get in a typical heel versus babyface match. I mean, if this was Punk versus MJF in Chicago, imagine how noisy the boos and the cheers would be for that, because that's clear-cut across lines. Punk versus Omega. Hell, Punk versus Sean Spears would be the same. I just, I'm a little bit worried. I think the match would be great. I am just a little bit worried about how the crowds can respond to Darby and Sting in Chicago for Punk's first match back in seven years. He did not get a pleasant reception. Then you heard a little bit of Darby chants, people that know how to react. It's certainly uh, uh, an interesting way to go about it, but it feels like this is a hand-picked opponent by Punk. Like, this is the guy that I want to go in the ring with uh, once once I get back. And um, it makes sense on short notice. So Darby, CM Punk, all out. We'll cover it on next week's show. Um... Lots to discuss here. I mean, we could do an entire show on the return of CM Punk, and we probably will someday. But for now, CM Punk is back in professional wrestling, and that is a beautiful thing. Dr. Trey, let's get into it. WWE SummerSlam recap and review. Let's get to the first match here. We did not predict it because uh, it wasn't on the initial card. It was the pre-show match. Big E taking on Baron Corbin. Big E won this match. Uh, It was a good opener. Big E retrieved his Money in the Bank briefcase. I thought the direction of Baron Corbin was going to be a sympathetic babyface, but it appears they're going the scumbag route for him right now. Uh, Any thoughts? Big E, Baron Corbin. It was a fine opener. It it got the point across. Baron's a scumbag. Everybody loves Big E. Big E's got the briefcase back. 
there was a part of me that thought with Biggie getting the briefcase back to start the show that we might see a cash in. It, it did kind of increase anticipation. It didn't happen, but at least Bear, or at least Biggie's got it, and you know, got a couple rivalries on the horizon for our champions. Where does Biggie fit into that equation going forward? Uh, next match here was AJ Styles and Omos defending the Raw Tag Team Championship against RK Bro. You and I both had RK Bro, and they did win the Raw Tag Team Championship, defeating the AJ Styles and Omos Tag Team. Uh, it was a fine match that went by fast. Putting the titles on RK Bro was the right call. Styles almost championship run has been underwhelming since WrestleMania. Dr. Trey, what say you? Yeah, it's been underwhelming because almost can't wrestle. <laughs> so AJ has to kind of, it's almost like watching a babyface tag team because AJ has to take all the abuse until they make the tag to almost. So, uh, but putting in RK bro make, is, 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 is the right move. I mean, this is in that lineage of rock and sock connection, team hell no, the odd pairing that just seems to click has a great dynamic and they're fun. And it's going to be interesting to see like where, like, how long they stay together. Cause we all know Randy's going to turn on, on riddle. It's going to happen. Oh yeah. Um, it's just a question of when is it going to happen and how far up the ladders that's now skyrocket Matt riddle that, I mean, he's only been on the, on the main show for a little over a year and he's been us champion and now raw tag team champion. And if you get a Randy Orton riddle feud out of this, that makes Matt Riddle a main event player coming out of that, coming out of this tag team run in the eventual feud with Orton. Uh, I, I like Omos. I agree with you. Obviously, he's he's not a you know professional wrestler right now that that we'd like to see. Uh, I I think his confidence has definitely grown since he came over about a year ago, being paired with AJ Styles. I do think he has a bright future in the company given his size and look. Um, I you know when you look at the uh, the stereotypical like big man in WWE right now. There's two guys that stand out that I think have a world of potential. Omos, obviously, as I just mentioned. Odyssey Jones and NXT Dr. Trey, I, I think, has a bright future as well. So uh, something to keep an eye on there when it comes to Omos right now as he continues to uh, go up the path here in World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, next match, Alexa Bliss taking on Eva Marie. You and I both had Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss did win. Uh, I'm not sure if Eva Marie will ever appear to look like a smooth wrestler in the ring. Uh, the Alexa Bliss character has felt like it has stalled for some time. Maybe a new, fresh storyline like uh, the one we saw on Monday may help. And uh, as we saw, the Eva and Dewdrop pairing is over. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Alexa Bliss defeating Eva Marie. Yeah, I, I kind of forget sometimes that Eva's not a great wrestler. And then you see her in the ring and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's why. I, I totally forgot about that. Like It was, it was a little uh, sloppy at times, but, you know, at least... I, I will say the upside of this is this feud is over because I really thought this was a waste of Alexa's time. Um, and and the fact that they're keeping the name Dewdrop coming out of the breakup stupid. of the, Just stupid. I'm like, oh, my God, poor Piper Niven. I love that girl to death. She's a sweetheart of a person. But, dear God, I mean, this may still this, – this is up there with, like, some of the worst names in, in the history of wrestling calling – and you almost feel like it's it's a shaming name because of her size, like the name Dewdrop. It just it just feels like something like, I mean, it just feels like it's up there where Vince's like, well, I mean, I, there, we had a Piper, he was fantastic, uh, but I, I don't want to use that name anymore. Um, you know, she looks like a raindrop. That doesn't Dewdrop. There you go. That, that that's going to be your name going forward. Oh. That is a Vinceism. It's like Piper. No, that's Roddy. People will get confused. Uh, it's like mm, yeah. no. No, no, well, I won't. 
Uh, all right, moving along here. Next match, Sheamus defending the United States Championship against Damian Priest. Dr. Trey and I both had Damian Priest, and he is, in fact, the winner and the new United States Champion. Uh, good back-and-forth match. Happy for Damian Priest. He was a good run on Raw Brand since being moved from NXT. Uh, he deserves the opportunity to hold the U.S. Championship, Dr. Trey. New U.S. title holder, Damian Priest. Yeah, to me, like, I, I, I have high hopes for Damian Priest. I loved him in, in um, Ring of Honor's Punishment Martinez. Um, one of those guys that I just happen to be friends with on Facebook somehow. Um, just a great guy. And, and the fact that, you know, he was a, he was a good heel in NXT. He's been the better babyface on the Raw brand. Tall, big-looking, or tall, good-looking, charismatic guy. I mean, this is a guy that right up that Vince Alley. Like, this is – like, he sees Damian Priest, he sees Scott Hall. I'll guarantee you that's what that's what how Vince looks at him. Um, so I mean, I, I, he's going to be around the upper upper mid card main event picture for years to come. Uh, next match here was for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship as the Usos defending against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Doctor Trey and I both had the Usos, and the Usos did retain the titles. Uh, good tag match. I wonder if Ray taking the pin will lead to a big angle where Dominic blames his dad for the loss and turns on him. That appears to be where the signs are headed right now. Your thoughts here, Doctor Trey? Usos defeating the Mysterios. Yeah, I, I was. We were watching this match. I looked at my wife. I said, "You know, the thing is, we, we we're looking at this as two great tag teams, and the fact that it's two twins against a father and son, you know, is almost a loss because these four guys are are really good in what they do." Um, I, I thought it was a fine match, good back and forth, uh, and I'm pretty sure at WrestleMania, either at Rumble or WrestleMania, we're going to get a career versus mask match or something like that where it's gonna be ray against dominic because I, I can easily see dominic dominic being that like cowardly heel kind of guy uh to you know go you know to play that heel because he's he is a little undersized he's a little raw if he got a you know a heater like apollo has with commander aziz or something along those lines a big guy to back him up against his dad i mean that would just be perfect the perfect blend for him because he's bigger than his dad but his dad's the ultimate underdog so you need a bigger guy to back you up so that's kind of where i see this whole thing going down the road uh next match here was for the smackdown women's championship as originally announced as bianca Belair versus sasha banks uh there was a bunch of unforeseen circumstances leading up to it sasha was not on smackdown this past friday so it appeared that that match wasn't going to happen and it didn't uh becky lynch the returning becky lynch uh, in a week where cm punk returns uh becky lynch's uh return a little bit of a footnote nice reaction though uh, with that said, Dr. Trey and I both had Sasha Banks getting the victory. Obviously, she did not win. Becky Lynch did. Uh, Becky Lynch, not Carmella, filled in for the reported medically unable to compete. Sasha Banks in a huge SummerSlam surprise, and the match becomes official for Lynch's first match since WrestleMania 36 in April 2020. Becky pins Bianca Belair in less than a minute to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Not sure why they did that to Bianca. According to reports, Becky is in line for a heel turn, a turn that she wanted to do. Uh, lots to peel away here, Dr. Trey. Where was Sasha Banks? My thoughts. I'm thinking, unfortunately, she may have had COVID. Obviously, WWE can't go out there and come out and say that. I don't think it's any type of contractual issue. They didn't say it was an injury. They said it was medical. I think you got to read the tea leaves there. Becky Lynch defeating Bianca Belair in seconds uh, was a weird look. Bianca, um, Becky Lynch coming back as a heel, weird look as well. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here, all in all. We got a new SmackDown Women's Champion, but it's not Sasha. It's Becky Lynch. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, supposedly the draft's coming up before long, so they can kind of shuffle the deck a little bit going forward. But 
you know, it, it's definitely an interesting twist. And it, at first, you know, I, I think you and I got to agree. 90% of the time when you're on a pay-per-view and we get a squash match, we hate it. And it takes us a few days or it takes us a week or two to see where the story goes before we kind of forgive it. Um, you know, you and I have been here doing this a long time. Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, 18 seconds. Daniel Bryan got past it. You know, you look at Kofi and Brock. Kofi may not have got past it. You know, there's been these squash matches through our history where, depending on how the story pans out, you're like, all right, that's fine. That works. Or, oh, that, that kind of hurt him. So I'm a little bit leery about where they go with this because they just spent six months building Bianca up as arguably the face of the women's division because she's been on every damn commercial they run. And you have Becky beat her this time. And then the idea of Becky being a heel, you're going to have to come up with something very dastardly to get fans to not cheer for Becky Lynch. It's going to ha- I don't think beating Bianca in you know 26 seconds or whatever it was is enough to make her a heel. He's going to have to do something pretty brutal and pretty dastardly. And I just don't know if you have, if, I don't know if, if Bianca is universally loved where that will play out because we tried this a couple of years ago, Becky turned on Charlotte and the fans loved it. I was and there. That launched, that launched the, that launched the man Becky beating Bianca. And if Becky beats her again, is that really going to make her a full fledged heel that people will want to hate? I don't know if they have anybody available to pull that off with. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, certainly, it's a tough one to get Becky as a heel because the fans don't like to accept that. Uh, I think in the early stages, it was definitely a head-scratcher. Um, and I think a head-scratcher that would make fans boo. Uh, I'm with you, though, Dr. Trey. We, we're, we're the type that we don't like to immediately jump to conclusions and say... Um, that this was crap. Uh, we would try to weigh things out. We, we get that the angle at SummerSlam is part of a bigger picture, and we'll just have to wait and see where things go from here um, now. So it was it was definitely strange. But Becky is back. She's a champion again, and she may be a heel. And Bianca loses in seconds. Uh, next match, Drew McIntyre taking on Jinder Mahal. Dr. Trey and I both had Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre did get the victory. It was a short match. Not sure what this match or few did for Jinder Mahal's growth. It was a nice, easy win for Big Drew. That's all I really got to say about it, Doctor Trey. Yeah, Drew just needed somebody to fight. <laughs> they were literally like, "Okay, who we got? Who we got that we can make a storyline out of?" We still got Gender. Uh, that makes sense because literally, Gender has his feud with Drew McIntyre, arguably top babyface on Raw, and now he's feuding with Mansoor. I don't, I don't know where the where the pecking order is between Drew McIntyre and Mansoor Mustafa Ali. That, that's not how it normally goes. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, Mansoor was undefeated for a long, long time, um, but he's no Goldberg. Uh, so I, I don't know how many spaces on that on that ladder are between Drew and Mansoor uh, for for Jinder to slide down that far, perhaps. But it, it, it was it was designed to be what it was. Drew needed somebody to keep him on TV, to keep him feuding with him until the next big thing comes along. Jinder's available. They have history. Jinder's got two big guys backing him up, so maybe it makes. Drew looked like he's got a chance to lose. But when Drew beats both of them on Raw, that goes right out the window. So it, it was what it was. It was a fine match for those guys, though. I'll give them that. It was a decent little match. I was into it. I, I like Jinder. I like Drew. I was I was fine with it. But, yeah, it's not. It was. I don't think at any point any of us ever thought that Jinder was capable of winning that match. Next match here was Nikki A.S.H. defending the Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. 
I, Nikki, A.S.H., Dr. Trey, Rhea Ripley, and, of course, Charlotte Flair won the match became a 12-time Raw Women's Champion, or Women's Champion General. Uh, it was a really good match that saw a fair share of dominance from Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair looks unstoppable right now. Uh, where Nikki A.S.H. goes from here will be interesting, as the championship run was way too much underdog story for my liking. Uh, it appears maybe a tag team with Rhea Ripley is in the future with Charlotte moving towards Alexa Bliss. Dr. Trey, your thoughts on this triple threat match? Eh, it was okay. Um, by the way, I will say this. That twisting corkscrew moonsault that Charlotte threw yeah. um, that they've highlighted, I thought they, I thought she killed Nikki. I thought so, too. Uh, yeah, that knee went her, right to the head. And then slammed her head into that padded rail. So I'm not a big fan of that move because it is really hard to catch somebody when they're twisting like that and stuff like that happens. Uh, well, I, um, I, I challenge you to that. I challenge you to try that next time you go to an indie show. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could. I, I want you to catch someone twisting. I'm just saying, I got a big announcement coming up when we get to the wrap-ups about Ooh. what my what my career's doing. So, But I, I don't know if I'm going to be catching anybody anytime soon with uh, the, all the, the surgeries all and right. everything else going on. Right. How about um, Sammy? I, I If somebody threw him over the top. So, so sidebar. So last weekend I had Sammy up here at work. After work we went to the park. And they have two little playgrounds. They have the little short one for two to five year olds, and then they got the one for the big kids. What Sammy do? No, he goes the big one goes up to the highest spot where the slide is, where there's no protection, and then can't decide if he wants to go down face first or butt first, and literally keeps on, like on the very top of the ladder where the slant goes down. That's where he decides he wants to stand up to turn himself around. And I went into full blown panic mode trying to figure out how am I going to catch this kid with a hand fresh out of surgery when he falls. So. Yeah, I did have that moment of could I catch my son if he did a corkscrew moonsault off an eight foot ladder, basically. <laughs> so that was there. But yeah, I, I I really don't get the raw women's division. You just spent once again, you spent time building up Rhea, then you built time spending up Nikki, and then you pull the plug on both of them and go back to Charlotte. So I'm a little confused. And, and Charlotte keeps getting these weird reactions where one minute they're cheering for her and one minute they're booing her. It just kind of depends on how she's talking to the crowd, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, it was a fine match. It, 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 it got across what they needed to get across. Nikki was the underdog. She came close to winning. Rhea came close to winning. And then Charlotte pulls it out in the end. I, I just don't know if that's who I want on top of my Raw Women's Division in 2021 right now with Charlotte Flair. Uh, next match here was Edge taking on Seth Rollins. I had Seth Rollins, as does Dr. Trey, and Edge got the victory. Uh, fantastic match. I loved every second of it, and the story of these to- two greats told was amazing. Uh, match of the year can, in my opinion, right now. I don't think there is a more over babyface in WWE than Edge right now. Doctor, I don't know what else to say about it. It was, it was a great match. Loved it. Edge defeating Seth Rollins. Beautifully done. Great storytelling. Uh, great history to lead in the storytelling. I, I loved all the stuff. You know, showing the, the clip from seven years ago when Edge's head was on the Money in the Bank briefcase and Seth didn't pull the trigger. Just great way to tie it all together. Fun match. It's like even when they try, like even when Edge tries to be a heel, the crowd goes, yeah, we love you and you're a jerk too. Like, like nothing he can do right now is going to make anybody boo him. Um, and great entrance. That was fantastic. Getting the, the brood music and then going into the Edge music I thought was great. So, yeah, it, it's up there. It's easily in my top five for match of the year right now. Next match was Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Goldberg. I had Goldberg, Dr. Trey, Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley did get the win and retained. 
Uh, I thought the finish was lame based on the injury to Goldberg's knee. It was a standard Goldberg match. Uh, I don't want to see it again, but we probably will at Crown Jewel in October and then Survivor Series in November. Uh, I expect a Goldberg title run again. Lashley taking out a 15-year-old post-match was certainly something. Uh, I liked how WWE kind of covered that up by saying he didn't know who was in the ring. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here. Bobby Lashley defeating Goldberg by referee stoppage. Went longer than I thought. I, I, I thought that match would go two minutes. It was going to be your standard Goldberg big guy match, whether it's Goldberg Braun, Goldberg Fiend, Goldberg Lesnar. It went a little bit longer. So uh, at least he got some offense in. Um, but, yeah, like the, the, the knee injury thing I thought was very, very lame. But it's a way to protect both guys when they go for their next rematch. Uh, Gage getting beat up, I didn't hate because I'm still mad at him from dabbing uh, a few years ago in the ring when he was 11. So if you dab in front of me, I don't care if Bobby Lashley beats you up. All right, there you go. He, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Trey has a feud against dabbing, something I did not see mm-hmm. coming. Uh, next match here, Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against John Cena. We both had Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns get the vi- did get the victory and retain the Universal title. Solid match. Cena did not look like he had any ring rust at all. Uh, this run for Reigns has been very special. Lesnar's surprise return and surprise ponytail to confront Reigns post-match was a pretty cool moment as well. Uh, Dr. Trey, I, I enjoyed the match. Cena, I, like I said, he did not lose a step at all. Very solid. Roman Reigns defeating John Cena. Brock Lesnar returns. Your thoughts? If you don't have the edge match, this is your match of the night, and it's really, really good. And I think it's going to be overshadowed by that edge match for a long time. I thought it was a really good match, and I love the way they played it out where, you know, Cena starts off hot, Roman gets the upper hand, Cena goes with the near falls, gets close, then we get Super Cena, all that stuff. Like, all the stuff that we, like, this is this was the great, putting a great structure to this match given the history of these two guys. You got Super Cena, you got Super Roman, you got underdog Cena, dominant Roman. Like, you've got everything tied together in that match that you wanted, plus the Lesnar return at the end. I thought it was really good. Just, and like, I, unfortunately for those guys, it's just going to get overshadowed by Edge and Seth Rollins for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh, this was definitely the number two match behind Rollins and Edge, in my opinion, which tips off my hat here to uh, my match of the night. But uh, pay-per-view prediction record from SummerSlam, I went 6-3. and three. Dr. Trey went 7-2. and two. My match of the night was Edge and Seth Rollins. My event rating was a 4.0 out of 5. I thought it was a very solid show. Dr. Trey, what was your match of the night and event rating? Uh, I had Edge and Seth also. I had a 4.1. Uh, I had a question, though. Who's the bigger return, Becky or, Be- or, Becky or Brock? Brock. Because we, we knew that Becky was coming back, right? We had, yeah. were not sure about Brock, so I would say Brock. And and, and bigger than that, right? I mean, we, we we talked about Becky coming back as a heel, which is surprising. But I think a bigger surprise, again, is babyface Brock, which we haven't seen since the early 2000s. Yeah, and and so, so once again, side note, I've been watching the show Vikings, uh, and, and, and it's a show that Edge is actually on. And when Brock came out there, I was like, oh, my God, it looks like he's been binging the same show because he looks like the guys from Viking with the beard and the ponytail. Uh, I think it's a great look for him. It's something different. We've never seen this look. We've typically had the same Brock for, for years. Um, this is like, you know, Roman talking about the same old Cena. This is not the same old Brock. And, and somebody on Facebook mentioned this as well. Smiling Brock. Yeah. It looks really, really scary and dangerous, even more so than Scowling Brock. 
Yeah, and, and high fiving kids Brock looks like it's scarier as well because he's just gonna like break arms. So uh, yeah. once again, Doctor Strange both had Edge and Seth Rollins as our match of the night. I had a four point oh, Doctor Strange a four point one. Very solid show. WWE SummerSlam this past Saturday night. Take us over to Sunday NXT Takeover thirty six recap and review. Let's get to the first match here. It was the uh, pre show. Ridge Holland taking on Trey Baxter. We obviously did not predict that match. Uh, Ridge Holland got the victory. It was a squash match for Ridge. Uh, I wonder how close we are to Ridge Holland getting the WWE, excuse me, the NXT Championship title picture soon. I think bright things are on the horizon for this guy in 2022. Uh, I mentioned earlier on the show, Omos, Odyssey Jones. I think you got to throw Ridge Holland in there as well as a guy with a ton of potential. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Anything here? Ridge Holland defeating Trey Baxter? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, this is a, a squash match to show how dominant Ridge can be. I'm sorry, as one of the people here at work are deciding to leave with the squeakiest. I thought you were making belt. tea. I thought you were making tea. <laughs> that is the loudest belt I have <laughs> ever heard in my life. Um, but I, I, I thought it, it did what it needed to do. It needed to set, you need to establish Ridge as being a dominant kind of guy. Uh, you mentioned Ridge in the uh, title picture. I'm waiting for Ridge to turn on, on Pete Dunn. And have Oni and Danny and Ridge be together and Pete go back to being a babyface. Because I think that's what we'll get first before we see Ridge go for the uh, NXT title. But it, it, you're designing this guy to be a badass. It's accomplishing that. So good move for them to, put, I mean, just that throwaway match just to kind of refresh people's memories on what a, what a badass guy, guy Ridge Holland is. Uh, next match here was for the Million Dollar Championship. LA Knight defending against Cameron Grimes. If Grimes lost, DiBiase must become Knight's butler. Dr. Trey and I both had Cameron Grimes, and he got the victory and became the new million-dollar champion before handing it back over to Ted DiBiase, who then handed him a replica title. So I guess the million-dollar championship is once again retired. Uh, Great opener to kick off the show. Good back and forth between Grimes and Knight. This feud has been a lot of fun. Um, Cameron Grimes defeating L.A. Knight, Dr. Trey. Yeah, fun match. Uh I don't know if it's one of those matches where once they put that stipulation and kind of gave gave the results away to me. And my question from last week is, what do you do with Cameron Grimes as a million-dollar champion? You take the belt away and you give him one that uh, Ted carries with him to all the autograph signings. So <laughs> it made sense for that. Uh, I mean, white trash millionaire Cameron Grimes is, is arguably my favorite character in all of professional wrestling right now. So uh, good to see this feud. It kind of built both guys up, showed who their characters are, and now we're seeing LA Knight kind of get back into the, the main event picture. And Cameron's going to be what Cameron does, just super entertaining, put on great matches, and help elevate everybody else around him. Uh, next match here was the NXT Women's Championship as Raquel Gonzalez took on Dakota Kai. I, we both had Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez actually retained the championship. Uh, it felt like Dakota Kai dominated a good percentage of the match, which was surprising given Raquel's size and strength. Good match overall. Uh, post-match, we saw Kaylee Ray making her NXT US debut. Uh, as a member of the roster, she has been there before, a couple of years ago for uh, War Games. And uh, she made her presence felt staring down Raquel Gonzalez, which would be a fun match and feud to see. KLR and Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel defeats Dakota Kai. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was, like, you know, I was a little surprised. I thought that this might be the move to, to put the belt on Dakota because she might, I think she's arguably the longest tenured woman in NXT right now. Uh, I mean, she's been there longer than just about anybody else. So kind of thought that's where they're going to go with it. Obviously, they're they're hanging on for a little while. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. I, I'm excited to see Kaylee Ray on America's Vote because I honestly did not know she had lost the uh, NAC UK Women's Championship because I haven't paid attention to the NAC UK in a while. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough to uh, to follow along there, certainly. Uh, next match here, speaking of NXT UK, uh, if there was a time to pay attention, this may have been the match to do it. Dr. Trey is Walter defending against Ilya Dragunov. I had Walter, Dr. Trey to Ilya Dragunov, and Ilya won and became the new NXT United Kingdom champion. Incredible match. Amazing story told by Walter and Ilya again. Happy for Ilya to get the run with the NXT UK championship. Now the question is, what's next for Walter? Is Walter NXT US bound? Is he Raw or SmackDown bound? I hope it's one of those. Uh, I can't remember a bad Walter match in WWE, by the way. This match was phenomenal, Dr. Trey, and will be in the discussion for match of the year as well. Your thoughts? Ilya Dragunov defeating Walter to become the new NXT UK champion, dethroning the title holder for the first time since April 2019. Yeah, uh, once, like you said, super happy for Ilya Dragunov. It was an amazing match. That may be one of the hardest-hitting wrestling matches I have ever seen in my life. And God knows I'm old, and I've seen a lot of wrestling. Um, but yeah, now like the question for me, like you said, it's Ilya's now the, the face of WWE or NXT UK. What do you do with Walter? Where does it go? Yeah. I, I, to me, that's the kind of guy Vince wants on the, big, on the bigger shows. That's the kind of guy Vince wants on Raw and SmackDown. Can he get the money up to make Walter want to leave the UK and come to the States? I think it's the biggest question because Walter, from all indications, does not want to leave you know, the UK region. So, and, and with COVID going on, can you get him out of the country and get him back over You know, and with all the protocols and everything? It, it, WWE has a, has a weird way of making things work out the way they want them to work out typically. Um, so I expect Walter to end up on SmackDown or Raw at some point, but... Uh, Vince got to come up some, make up some money to, to get Walter to leave his comfort zone. If they can get Walter over to NXT, Raw, or SmackDown, uh, they've got a serious, serious wrestler on their hands. He is extremely fun to watch. Uh, next match here was the undisputed finale. Kyle O'Reilly taking on Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match. Uh, fall one was traditional wrestling. Fall two was street fight. Fall three was steel cage. I had Kyle O'Reilly. Dr. Trade Kyle O'Reilly. And Kyle O'Reilly did win the two out of three falls match. Uh, winning the first fall of the traditional match, Adam Cole won the second fall of the street fight. Kyle O'Reilly then won the third and final fall in the cage match. Physically demanding a good match, which you would expect from Cole and O'Reilly. The finish in the cage match came out of nowhere. I never thought I would say NXT does too much of something, but they do a lot of two out of three falls matches. If this was Adam Cole's final match in NXT, he had one of the best top three or five runs in NXT history. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here? Kyle O'Reilly defeating Adam Cole. No, it was... Uh... Everything I expected to be like it was great. Everything went the way I expected it to go. Um, once again, this is kind of like the same thing on SummerSlam. If it's not for Walter and Ilya, this is probably a match of the night. But and it's going to be overshadowed for the next few years because of how good Walter and Ilya was. Um, but you're right. Like if this is Adam Cole Swanson, I mean, arguably him and Johnny Gargano and Ciampa have been the face of NXT. If, if you ask me who my Mount Rushmore of NXT is. Adam Cole's up there in my top five for NXT since its inception. Um, I Honestly, I don't want him to go to AEW. I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point, but I hope he stays in WWE, but signs are kind of pointing elsewhere. But dude's a fantastic wrestler. I just think he's better suited for WWE than AEW. But that's his personal opinion, though. Oh, we will definitely talk about it in just a second. Uh, the next match here for the NXT Championship, Karrion Cross defending against Samoa Joe. Dr. Trey and I both did Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe got the victory and became a three-time NXT champion, the very first three-time champion. Uh, I felt the match felt a little underwhelming. It just felt like this match and feud was put together so Cross could head over to the Raw brand and become a gladiator. 
uh, which took a little win out of his out of his feud sales. Uh, Joe hasn't missed a step and is the first ever three time NXT champion. Doctor Trey, your thoughts here on this match? Yeah, um, I, I'm torn. Like I thought the match was fine. Um, it kind of thought it kind of was what I thought it was. I thought it'd be a kind of a slugfest back and forth. Both guys trying to tap the other guy out. I just don't know if I'm happy about it because of what happened on Raw. I just don't know if this is what I want. Um, but Joe at the top of the roster is great for NXT because, I mean, he can work with anybody. He's a veteran. He's still, I mean, obviously the match, he's still a damn good worker. Um, I'm happy for him. I just don't know if this is the move I want for carrying crosses because, Lord Jesus, Jeff, he looks awful uh, Monday. It was, it was bad. Yeah, that was one of the worst pictures I've ever seen. That WWE shared on their own Twitter feed of him walking out with that stupid gladiator mask on. Like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, I, that's it. Like, what do you say else to that? Do you remember Lord Humongous? Do you remember seeing pictures of him, like the old Sid Vicious Memphis wrestling where he had a Jason mask? I do, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it reminded me of. I, I, I literally had this moment where Bruce Pritchard was just sitting there going, hey, uh, so if we if we put him in a mask and, and put this, these straps over him, I think that'll really work. I think the fans will love it. And then they just shit all over it. It's, I, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was like, why, why tinker with something when it's really good? Like, why do we got to play with shit? Just, just let it go. It was working on the other show. Why do we got to change it up just for dramatic effect? Like, do we not just see this whole mask and leathery thing fail with retribution? And now we're going right back to it, the carrying cross. Oh yeah! Like not not every giant has to look like he's into BDSM. Somebody's got a fetish going on in creative because it just won't stop. Um, oh. I can't I can't wait to see what Scarlet looks like. <laughs> There's an upside. There's there is there's a bright side there's to it upside. all, folks. Uh, Pay per view prediction record: I went three and two. Doctor Trey went four and one. Twenty twenty one preview predictions record. Pay per view predictions record: Doctor Trey is sitting in first, seventy four and thirty. I am in sitting in second, seventy one and thirty three. My match of the night was Ely Dragonoff and Walter. My event rating was a three point five out of five. Doctor Trey, what was your match of the night and what was your event rating? Uh, Dragonoff and Walter. My match of the night. I was at a three point seven. I mean, I had. I mean, it, I think I had more fun watching this show than SummerSlam, but I think SummerSlam was more dramatic and had more impactful stuff long-term. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. So, I went 3.5, Dr. Trey went 3.7, both of us taking Ilya Dragunov and Walter as our match of the night. Uh, Dr. Trey, speaking of NXT, WWE President Nick Khan confirmed changes coming to WWE NXT. This is coming to us from Wrestling Inc. Khan spoke with Ariel Holani of BT Sport about the new vision for NXT as they want to change how talent will be developed, saying, and I quote, we're doing a complete revamp on NXT led by Triple H, who is really one of the architects of the original NXT, Con revealed. What we found, it's part of why we did the tryout yesterday in Las Vegas. What we want to make sure is easy for folks who want to be WWE superstars is figuring out how to become WWE superstars. In terms of the NXT rebrand, look for it in the next couple of weeks. It's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And we believe, because of a lot of the indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through our system and are in our system with SmackDown and Raw now, we don't want to just keep doing that same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. Khan was then asked what he meant by new look and feel for NXT. The look of the show, the production of the show, everything's going to be changed. Is going to change in the next few weeks, Khan confirmed. Dr. Trey, I, I agree NXT has been stale. We've talked about this before. The WWE president has come out and said that it's changing. 
your thoughts here on the changes coming to NXT? I, I don't know if they're going to be as sweeping as everybody thinks. I know we just had a bunch of roster cuts. You know, but some of the people like, you know, like I love Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish is 40 years old. I love Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez is in her mid-30s. There is a shelf life when you're bringing in people over from the indies into NXT and then hopefully get them to Raw or SmackDown. Um, you know, AJ Styles skipped NXT because AJ's not a, not a, wasn't a spring chicken. That was part of it. You know, you consider like people who go, oh, it's experience. No, AJ and Bobby Fish have as much experience as each other. One just got put on a bigger stage and one got you know put in NXT. So there is some truth to that. I don't think it has to be a total revamp because they've gone the route of trying to find talent in other places. Riddick Moss, uh, Tino Sabatelli, you know, the, the, I mean, almost was not an indie guy. Baron Corbin was not an indie guy. They're, they have been doing this before. I think they're just putting a premium on growing their own talent and maybe supplementing with the indie guys instead of mostly indie guys and then trying to develop their young guys. Hell, Jeff, I am so proud because this is the first time I can ever say that there is a guy that has been signed to NXT that I actually managed in a match. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. But that's part of the program, finding younger people that they can bring into their system, give them years to develop, and then bring them up to the bigger rosters where they're prepared for what they want on Raw and SmackDown going forward. So I don't hate it if it's done the way I'm talking about, but if it's all of a sudden, yeah, we're never signing an indie guy that's you know 35 ever, if there's that mandate across the board that there are no exceptions, then yeah, NXT will struggle. Because if you go back to the early days with the Bo Dallas's and the Pox and all those guys, NXT was good, but it wasn't nearly as revolutionary as it's been over the last three years. Do you want to reveal who that is? Who signed with NXT that you managed? So uh, the son of Bull Buchanan, Ben Buchanan, uh, got signed in those Las Vegas tryouts to an NXT deal. And I got to manage him once. And instantly I was like, yeah, this kid's got it. He was eight. I think he was 17 or 18 when I managed him. He's only 20. So the kid's young. He's got the, the pedigree and the lineage from his father's time in WWE. But this is a big, young, strapping young kid that they can form and make into the type of superstar that they want because, I mean, we've seen it. WWE guys are different from AEW guys. Like, the look, the build, the way they're presented, it's an entirely different ball game. So if you can take a kid like, like Ben Buchanan, who's young and moldable and, and physical and, and looks the part that you want and make him into – a top guy, then they made, then they struck gold there. That's great. Well, congratulations to him. I did not uh, hear that name yet. So there you go. A name on, on the radar that Dr. Trey has managed. So changes coming to NXT. Will they be subtle? Will they be big? Stay tuned here in the coming weeks as we watch the black and gold brand. And then lastly, Dr. Trey speaking of the black and gold brand, we mentioned it here before. What is next for Adam Cole? You tipped your hand here. You don't want to see him in AEW. According to reports, his contract expires tomorrow, Friday, August 27th. Uh, all signs are pointing to AEW. That's what I'm feeling right now. I'm with you. I think he is better off in WWE. But it seems like another big signing is on the way with AEW with the guy who's been the face of NXT these last three years and Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I totally get Adam wanting to go there. I mean, his, his fiance's there. If you can work with your with the woman you love and travel with her, it makes the relationship a lot better. It's not going to be nearly as strained as 
hey, I'm in Cincinnati. You know, my girlfriend's in Seattle this week. And then the next week we flip spots and I don't get to see her, but for maybe, in you know, three hours on a Sunday. I get it. And his friends are there. Like, he's tight with the Bucks. He's tight with Kenny. He was also tight with Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Colvin, Bobby, or uh, excuse me, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. So, and Kevin Owens is one of his best friends. So, to me, it makes sense relationship-wise, happiness-wise, why he wants to make the move. But if you make this move now, with CM Punk showing him back up, Daniel Bryan coming back, signs are pointing to Bray Wyatt going to AEW. Where does Adam Cole fit in with those three names, plus the people who are already on the roster? Because Adam Cole is known by wrestling fans, but those other three guys I just mentioned are known by people around the world. Like, there are a lot of people, we talk about Sports Center cover CM Punk. You know, this, you know, the Yes movement was huge. Like, everybody was doing it. Everybody knew where it came from. The Fiend has been a marketing success across the board. And who knows what the hell Bray Wyatt's going to come up with next. Adam Cole is like the fourth guy out of just those four guys. So where would he slot in with the rest of the AEW roster? Uh, to me, I, I think his ascension to the heights of wrestling would be easier in WWE, you know, on SmackDown or on Raw, opposed to being in AEW where he's got to fight all those people, plus everybody else is already in place, the Darby Allens, the Jungle Boys, the MJFs, the Jerichos, the Cody's, everybody else, Hangman Page, you know, uh, Malachi Black, Miro. Like, that ladder's really big now, and they only have three hours of televised time a week. It's going to be really hard for Adam Cole to get higher up than where he was at in WWE by switching to AEW. That is certainly something that I've been thinking about as well. Uh, and in uh, lost in all the love that was the CM Punk debut on Friday, this past Wednesday's edition of Dynamite, was not all that great. So... That's something. I mean, there's Daniel Bryan coming. Uh, there's a lot of names that aren't being utilized. Uh, Adam Cole comes there. Like, or who's who's not making the cut? And I think that's what people loved about AEW. But in the same sense, it's kind of what AEW needs. They need they need some star power, right, Doctor Trey? I mean, that that will bring some more eyes to the product, and maybe the guys that were being featured on Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, we'll get featured more on Dark and Elevation, which are shows that I, I unfortunately don't watch. It's it's going to be interesting times for Tony Khan and the creative team to really balance this out and, and how they go about things right now. But uh, it's a big story out there. What happens with Adam Cole right now, one can never tell. But we got All Out coming up. Maybe he ends over to Raw and SmackDown during the draft. I don't know. It, it's a big question mark, but... Signs seem to be pointing to All Elite Wrestling from my perspective. Uh, with that said, let's wrap up this week's edition of the show. Let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowshow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still World the Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world? Dr. Trey Franklin, this week. Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search out Dr. Trey Franklin, and I'll magically appear. And when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, they just had a really big show this past Saturday. Next one's coming up September 4th. Uh, also, check out Mayhem uh, Wrestling out of Tennessee as yours truly is featured on commentary uh, over the next four episodes they put out. 
Plus, I just got asked to come back to be commentator for them uh, for their big show coming up September 11th. Headlined by the Good Brothers versus Josh Alexander and Scott Demore. Wow. Who's actually going to put the tights on? Uh, I, I, I'm super excited for that show. I've never got to work with any of those guys. I'm a huge Josh Alexander fan. Uh, huge fan of the Good Brothers and Scott Demore all the time, all the way back in time as Team Canada. And not to mention the fact that he's just, you know, the freaking president of Impact Wrestling. And yours truly gets to showcase his commentary skills around him. So I'm looking forward to that, Jeff. Really, really excited about that show. Yeah, Dr. Trey, you got to post those episodes up to the uh, Facebook page when, they're, uh, when they drop, my friend. I actually, I just got the uh, link sent to me for episode one. And the great thing about this, Jeff, is actually these shows are being edited by Impact Wrestling for us. Wow. So they're cutting all the video together for us, splicing in the commentary. Uh, the, I'm not going to lie. The first four episodes, the mics are a little bit rough. Uh, but we got a whole new sound system that just got purchased by uh, Impact for Mayhem Wrestling. So uh, really looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Really excited for September 11th. Uh, and I never thought I would ever say that phrase in my life, Jeff. Uh, that's so that just true. That's how the world changes over time. That is that is very very true. So, a uh, big week here in the world of professional wrestling. CM Punk is back. WWE SummerSlam in the books. Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar are back. Uh, NXT Takeover 36 is in the books. Where's Adam Cole going to go? All Out is next week. We've got a ton of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling and we are your place to listen to and hear that wrestling commentary that you're looking for each and every week so until next week for dr trey franklin i'm jeff peck it's been seven years my friends but he is back cm punk is back in professional wrestling and this is the story of the show Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. 
whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.